off, off topic, I don't know if you saw one of the coolest things that NASCAR did. Last weekend, they brought back, uh, they did like the Talladega Nights cars. So they had a Wonder Bread car and an what? Old Spice car. That's and awesome. The whole crew, the pit teams, everyone is in the Wonder Bread and the Old Spice. And when they introduced them, they introduced them as like Ricky Bobby and the yes. movie names. That's it amazing. Was, it was fantastic. That's awesome. My, uh, when I was a kid, I was big into NASCAR because my brother, my brother sponsored uh, Bush North team oh, nice. with his business. Heck yeah. Uh, like I've been over the wall, like Dover, um, Nazareth, um, New Hampshire. And like I would, you know, I was just like doing, running out, like holding the catch can. Heck you know, yeah. I, was, I was a kid. Like I was like Heck 14 yeah. years old and I'm in like the hot pits at That's like Dover. It was awesome. amazing. Um, anyway, sorry to get off that. No, I it's, no, I, dude, I, we, uh, Nick and I just went down to Tennessee and we saw a billboard with Rusty Wallace on it because apparently he has car dealerships now. <laughs> That's like, I know who that is. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, hey, do you, do you know who Rusty Wallace is? She's like, <coughs> no, she's like, name sounds familiar. I'm like, NASCAR driver? She's like, no. no. It's like, dude who made left turns for his entire yeah, career, made a lot of money doing it. Yeah. Nope, nothing. Um, all right, so I guess we'll just, we can include all that because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the, uh, the second Good Works podcast, and um, we are with the venerable, infamous um, marketplace master, the original Louisianimal <laughs> bomber. What's up, um, y'all? So if you're part of the rucking community, you definitely know who this man is. Um, bomber and I, we, we officially met in uh, 2019. Um, and then since then everything was shut down, but then he went from the boot to Jack's and then he somehow for some, like some magical, strange power pulled, yes. <laughs> pulled him thing. north. That thing I get you. Yes, sir. Uh, so he is now north, um, and not too far from me. And, uh, we've been to a couple of, a couple of his, uh, I don't know, would you call it a show or meetup? That, well, kind of, kind of meet up. Cruise right? in, coffee cruise ins. Yeah. I like to call them caffeinated cruise ins. Okay. You know, so I think it says coffee cruise in. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. So we've come to a couple of those, gotten some coffee, looked at some cool cars. For um, sure. And uh, of course, Rogaru was there, which is an amazing Ram charger. I had a Ram charger for a while. That I know. Dude, aren't they sweet? Um, it didn't run. <laughs> I, never, I was working at a garage. I, I got a lot of that in here. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, I. I never got it running, or it was running, and I was like, I had a, I also had a Cordoba at the time. I had two Dodges that were inoperable. I worked at a garage, and like they were parked at this garage, like a family garage, like they were super cool. That's sweet. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do a swap, because I think the oil pan was leaking on one of them, so I was gonna like swap it. I was gonna do something. For and sure. just like, I was 20 years old, 19 years old, didn't really have the responsibility to the drive to do it, and just like never got around to it. So oh, heck yeah. I had a Ram Charger. I Sweet. just never charged with it. That's right. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so yeah, Bomber is, um, Bomber is just a little bit north of me now, like about 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, and we've been, I've been meaning to come check out the garage, which is, and not just the garage, but the whole Bomber um, experience. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it does not disappoint. Um, and there's, a, I guess you're working on a bunch of stuff that's really rad. Um, but we wanted to kind of talk about like, the garage, talk about the bash, for sure. Um, see what you're up to. So uh, we kind of talked about it, like talked about like caffeinated 
cars and cafe. Well, what did you call it? Caffeinated, caffeinated cruising. Cruise caffeinated yeah. cruising. Uh, so tell me, tell me about like what you've been doing with like the car stuff and 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 your and, and like the the car. I don't want to say scene. It sounds so scene. fucking lame, but. What you've been doing with like your your cruisings and, and like you you recently had a bash too, yes, right? Yes, yes. So tell so tell me about that. So me and um, back in Louisiana in the old boot, I had a uh, powder coating business, and I'd always been around, uh, you know, cars, mostly drag racing uh, scene. So I decided I'm like, man, we're going to do a car show to help promote the bash. So I don't know if any you know many of y'all know what powder coating is. It's you know a baked on coating it's 400 degrees you have to sandblast wipe down the treatment cook it for 20 minutes well man in in louisiana during the summer cooking stuff at 400 degrees in this huge oven that's the size of a truck it's it's not fun so is that where juvenile got 400 degrees from exactly probably yes is, is that yes what, is it? yes okay got it so men got into doing barber being a barber for a couple of years and then ended up going back to the oil field because it was back where I mean the money was good now but kept doing the bash so when I moved to Jack's Beach man it had a you know super sweet spot loved it but what I could afford on the beach was about half the size of this garage <laughs> and uh, one car spark parking lot so I've got a good friend owns nobody customs back home he let me put a lot of my cars in storage a lot of my tools equipment stuff like that so got out of the scene um, just cause I just didn't have, you know, room for it sure. and then moved back up here. And I was worked at Tri-City Brewing for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, doing a little bit of everything, cleaning the bathrooms, washing my hands, then serving beer, uh, you know, Sometimes. all that stuff. Yeah. And helping them with their, uh, you know, social media, their Instagram, mm -hmm. doing live feeds and then, uh, help them expand on their apparel. So we started doing these first Friday night cruise-ins. So I did those for two two years. And then there's a local coffee shop where we lived in town called Excited Goat Coffee Company, which, you know, yeah. you've tried their, their, sure uh, their coffee. Sure so I was talking to them one day, I'm like, dude, the parking lots are empty because he's in a um, strip mall, a strip mall that's yeah. all hey. medical places um, or medical businesses. So we've done those for two seasons now, gonna be doing our third next year. So this year we just, we, it's from like nine to 11, come up there, all cars are welcome, hang out, grab I've some even, coffee. We even brought a Euro over e there. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had everything from like, you know, Model Ts to cab over trucks to Corvettes, Porsches, a wide variety of cars yeah. that come up there and hang out, man. And um, it's been a lot of fun doing that and it's kind of got me into the community. So this September, uh, we decided to bring back the bash up here. Well, in Louisiana, where we did the tri our Twin City Bomber Bash, so there's Shreveport and Bossier, and mm -hmm. it's divided by the Red River. So I thought it's cool here, Bay City's divided by a river, and the Tri-City area is Saginaw, Bay City, and uh, Midland. Mm -hmm. So the Tri-City Bash just came kind of natural So to you that. went from two to three? Yes. So we did that. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna bring it back in Louisiana in 2025. Okay. Uh, and it's probably, it's going to be like an every three, three year event mm -hmm. from now on in Louisiana, mm -hmm. just cause of the logistics. Mm -hmm. But the first year is going to be where we're going to limit it. There's going to be golden tickets where we invite people that have previously come to the bash. Mm -hmm. Well, once they get their golden ticket, 
they can either come or they can give it to somebody yeah. else. Nice. Uh, so we're going to, you know, cap it at around, you know, 75 cars. So explain, explain to me and like for, for people who don't know. So what is a bomber? Okay. Okay. And uh, a little tail into that. How did you become known as bomber? Okay. So let's go. What is a bomber? Because we need to figure out like what a bomber yes. bash is. And then. So a lot of folks uh, would have seen in, Bossier City, Louisiana, where we had the bash, that's home of the B-52s. So they have A-10s, B-52s, and the, you know, B-52s are bombers. So a lot of people got it was from, you know, thought it was from that. Well, it was a little bit to pay homage to them, but I have a chopped 51 Chevy that we're bringing back up here in April. It's been in storage in Louisiana, and those are called bombers. These huge, chopped, lowered cars, mm. and that's where bomber bash came from. So back in the days um, of early Facebook, when you could use whatever name, you know, you did, I was bomber bash on there. So folks just picked it up and started calling me bomber. So it was just, I mean, I didn't choose the nickname. It chose me <laughs> and stuck with me. And I remember when I had to go to my actual real name, there were people that like didn't, they were seeing that and they're like, who is this? this? I don't yeah. even know who this is. Yeah. So it's funny, I've got a, a friend of mine and he you know, had messaged about my address up here to mail me something. And his fiance was asking like, well, what, she had no idea what my name was. So they played a game of what do you think my real name was? So he had a lot of fun with that. So that's where- So Robert we haven't mentioned from. it yet. Mm -hmm. So let's not. And then we can like put in the comments, what do you, what do you <laughs> yes. think Bomber's real name is? So exactly. we, we can prolong this game. Exactly. Let's, let's see what it, we can make a poll or something. We can put a little, yeah. um, that'd be awesome. one of those little, uh, the little windows on Instagram or whatever. We can share a clip and we'll put for what's sure. Bomber's real name. You know? I would love that. Should we put wrong guesses only? Should we just, <laughs> yeah. just... <laughs> that would be fantastic. Wrong, wrong guesses yeah. only. I think wrong guesses would be absolutely amazing. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> All right, cool. so that's going to be the thing then. So we'll get a sure. story up and say what's uh, what's Bomber's real name. Wrong, I like wrong that. answers only. That's super fancy. Wrong answers only. So, so so you're definitely not doing the bash in the boot on election year. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so and then what's the so the what, what do you what, what can people expect like if they go to if they go to the bomber bash like what can people expect so it is uh pre 69 and it's traditional you know hot rods street rods customs um man I, and this is an unpopular popular thing i'm not a huge fan of rat rods okay um you know i've we have some vehicles with patina mm -hmm. but some of the rat rod stuff just got kind of out of control so the show is open you know we have different cars and different genres but there's some that i will explain to you like hey you don't meet the criteria of the show so if they have like a uh you know a fenderless 30s or 40s body on like a s10 frame that shows that it has independent front suspension mm -mm. not gonna you know not gonna be eligible for that so so with with like so with that, like the rat rods like i think a lot of I don't know a ton about them, mm -hmm. but it would seem that a lot of people just kind of get like a piece of shit classic car and they kind of want to broadcast it as a rat rod. Yes. Like it's kind of like they want to say that it's a rat rod, but it's just like it's a non, like there's no finesse or, 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 or like real care given to it. Like it's just kind of like 
oh, you know, it's a rat rod, but they're just, it's just like a turd. For sure. Is, is that kind of like... Well, it's, yes. And it's, and it's with people adding stuff like, you know, the air cleaner for the carburetor, um, you know, having that as like a mailbox that's all beat up and nasty or hanging barbed wire that has no purpose on the rearview mirror. You know, just yeah. stuff like that. It, it's, it, it's gotten to where it's kind of out of control. So, so it's like kitschy. And, yes. And, and just kind of like... Yes. Um, and my, is I don't mind cars in primer. I don't mind cars with like real uh, patina. And the patina thing's kind of got crazy because people are doing like the fake patina own cars a lot now mm -hmm. and I mean you can tell pretty quickly it and you know it just doesn't look right but like I love I love fancy custom paint I oh, like yeah. you know flake so yeah, yeah. Alice my 51 Chevy has metal flake on the roof but the rest is still in primer so I'm cool with folks getting their car or my you know what my feelings are is have it uh, where you can drive it down the road it's mechanically sound is drivable mm -hmm. and then you save the paint interior everything uh to do later once you do that so you can drive it and enjoy it while yeah. you're doing yeah, this, you're this other right. process right. um i like that part of it but for people that are purposefully making them look like a rat rod it's just kind of something that i don't care for gotcha okay and it's become such a broad term right of like anything that's in primer or paint or has dents in it, it's like oh it's a rat rod and mine, like my 63 over here that's got a lot of patina on it, it's like that just because like, I don't have, you know, the I money to throw down <laughs> yeah, yeah. for that kind of, yeah, right. I've got other plans with right. it and, you know, just picked up an engine for it and some other stuff. So, yeah. So the, it's a very traditional uh, style car show. So in Louisiana, we would do a Miss Bomber, like Friday night, you would get there. Uh, there's a local uh, independent uh, theater called the Robinson Film Center. Okay. So they had a 19 by 30 inflatable movie screen and we did it properly. We bought the rights to the movie. We did like American Graffiti, Christine, uh, <laughs> Grease one year. We did Herbie the Love Bug for the kids. Maximum Overdrive? Exactly. Yes, Maximum. <laughs> did all of these, these you know, car related shows. And then Saturday we do the bash and we ended it with Miss Bomber Bash pageant. So here we've not we've you know the coffee place has been a great facility mm -hmm. uh but where we were at there we did it at a roadway inn uh, mm. that had a country bar in it so they were awesome. super cool they would let us take it over as a rockabilly bar mm -hmm. for a couple hours that night and the client you know their customers they they loved it mm -hmm. they loved seeing mm -hmm. the girls do the pinup stuff so here it's just been a one-day show just to kind of get our feet wet mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. still you know networking and it's there, you know, since I'd lived there for a majority of my life, except when I was, you know, gone in the Marine Corps, had a huge network of people, so it grew very fast. We got national magazine coverage, like, you know, four, six-page spreads. And here, I don't have that network, but I have been building it. Sure. So I look for it to be a lot larger. So what do you, so like for the, the, the caffeine and cruising, mm -hmm. um, what, what is like a, how many cars generally show up? Um, how, and then how, how is that, how does that contrast? And like, what, what are the differences between like the cruising versus the bash? Well, the, it's, Michigan is extremely surprising to me. Um, I learned at the brewery cause we had outside seating. We'd have like a foot of snow overnight. And then everyone would want to be outside around the fire pits drinking. And I'm like, this is insane. 
but we would get a little bit of rain and no one would show like, yeah, we don't do rain. We don't get wet. And then if we had very beautiful weather, people were going up north or being outside mm -hmm. or whatever they mm -hmm. wanted. So it was like inclement, cold, wind, snow, everyone would come to drink. So I've learned that with the cruisings, if we have really beautiful days, I mean, sometimes it'll be five or six cars. Mm. If we get where it's drizzling a little bit, overcast, either like early in April or October's our last one, we've some had like 30 cars show up. So it's very variant on the weather mm -hmm. uh, here. And we had one day where I was actually surprised it was raining very hard uh, and we had maybe 20 cars show up. So it varies. I mean, I would say a sweet spot for it is anywhere between 10 and 20 cars, somewhere in there. Do you think that the, like the popularity and, and like the culture around like classic cars that it's like, that it's growing smaller as time goes on? Like, is that like a, do you think that that's like a, a thing or do you think, is it just, or do you, or do you think it's just location dependent? Like what, what, what do you think is like really affecting, affecting that? I think there's several or if there is an yeah. impact on that. I see shifts in that, and then I also see like with different age brackets as well. Mm -hmm. So around here, because of the GM and the Ford plants, there are a lot of guys that are, you know, years older than me mm -hmm. um, that have muscle cars that they bought at mm -hmm. the factory when they yeah. were, yeah, yeah. you know, a 20 year old working yeah, there yeah. and then still have this low mileage, pristine factory that only, you know, man, I only take it out here in the Michigan summer. And then I see a lot of like younger folks are more into the, you know, metric cars, European cars, the, mm -hmm. you know, BMWs, the Subarus, the Hondas and stuff like that. And I think part of that reason is, and I know they're expensive too, but it's, it's expensive to get in some of those older cars. Yeah, the absolutely. prices are unreal yeah. but we see uh, i see a lot of younger guys that are more into that um one of the guys that comes up you know he's man you know probably around 30 or so he has a couple of the you know pre-68 or 69 cars um and man he you know does the rockabilly thing awesome the jeans mm -hmm. the tucked in Leather shirt jacket, he slicked hair. slicks his hair back yeah, and all yeah. that stuff or whatever I want to do that, but when I slick my hair back, that forehead gets even bigger than it uh, than it's supposed to. But it's cool seeing a younger guy that's into that, and then we even have younger guys that come up with those. Mm -hmm. So it kind of ebbs and flows. Sure. And I think where we are in this area, it's more of a muscle car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Muscle car strong than it is in other sure. uh, other places. But and man, I like I like a variation of cars. I'm not a fan of mini trucks, but man, when a mini truck pops the bed off and it spins around in a circle and then pops back exactly where it goes without knocking out the rear windshield, I'm like, man, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Not that I'll ever have one of those, but I respect the amount of work and what they do mm. to put in to get this thing in the mount, like the hydraulics, mm. you know, batteries, pumps, all of the stuff they, they do. It's a lot of work into them. So I'm appreciative of different things. Uh, and you know, man, I like all vehicles, but I try to keep the, the cruise ins are for everyone open. Mm -hmm. We even have a lot of Jeeps that come up there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the bash is more specific to what my tastes are sure. and what I like. Yeah. We're, I think October 4th, maybe I can't remember. We do an ugly truck 
uh, show. And to me, like, there's no ugly trucks or whatever, but we'll bring, like, you know, Lindsay 68 C10. Is Which a, is beautiful yeah, truck. It's, man, it's a, it's a really, truck. really clean. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And that's one thing up here. I know a lot of people are shocked when it, because they'll get under it. And I'm like, you know, it's from the South. It was kept mm. in a carport its whole life and everything. But we, uh, you know, are kind of branching out with what we're doing as far as the car shows and the cruise ends. Mm. So we talked about the bash and we talked about bombers and mm. bomber. Um, and now we're, we're, we're looking at like, you're a Marine. Yes. You powder coated. Mm -hmm. You worked on oil on the oil rigs. Mm -hmm. Well, natural gas. No, okay. I was called a pumper. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you, you you worked in the fields. I got all my fingers. That's how you can tell I didn't work on the rigs. Got it. Well, <laughs> so far he has them so far. Um, and then uh, you did. You've done media and uh, community uh, operations for companies. You've mm -hmm. done. Um, you've worked for. You've worked at a brewing company. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you're a, a renaissance man. Yes, of sorts. not not good at any of it. Just semi okay at that stuff. Same, <laughs> that's right. Same. So now, now we're, we're sitting in the garage. Yes. So tell me about like you know, and obviously there's going to be some correlation because we're talking about cars and we bring cars into garages to get fixed and for sure and whatever. So explain, like, talk about a little bit about Bomber's Garage and like what kind of where the garage. Like, like kind of like the, the foundation of it. Like, is this like an intrinsic thing that you've always been interested in? Like, did you find, um, because it's not just cars. I mean, you have this like really amazing collection of old school tools, bandsaws, drill presses, um, sanders, grinding benches, um, you know, electric tools and, and, and all sorts of like different, different tools. And like, you love your, your hammer wrenches. For sure. So like, kind of like elaborate on, on like the garage and like the tools. And... So I've all, you know, I was at my age, I was lucky to where there was the old school local garages that did kind of everything and the old school, uh, the old school hardware, uh, the, you know, hardware stores. Like where you went in there and it's like wood floors, um, you know, they had everything that you needed in there, all the items that you could need, and the guys were extremely knowledgeable. The auto parts store where you come in there and they're looking through the books, and half the times the guys would know exactly what you're, uh, you know, what you're looking for. So I've always liked the, that style garage. So I'm by no means a mechanic. I mean, I do most of the work on my vehicles, like, you know, with water pump, brakes, U-joints, stuff like that. But I'm, uh, you know, not that good at, you know, oh, why is this engine not running? Let me, you know, and a blessing is YouTube of searching stuff and figuring that out. So when I got up here, um, one of the plans that I want to do is, uh, you know, making artwork and lamps out of uh, machinery. So I've got all the, you know, I've got probably four or five vintage outboard motors. Mm -hmm. So take those, take off the casing, shorten it, put it there, make that into a lamp for the casing is the lamp. Um, use the engine parts for other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hate it because a lot of people go, oh, that's like steampunk stuff. And I'm like, 
No, it's a little bit different than, different than that. So one thing I found, and I've done this a little bit before, but there were so many people that worked for GM in this area. Mm. I know south of where you are to Detroit is almost, it's Ford heavy there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so many Ford plants. But out here in this area, it's a lot of GM plants. It's, well, and also um, like factory, factory one is in Flint. Mm -hmm. You know, Buick GM. So like that's a, that's a lot of a lot of that for sure influence. Yep. So what I found is there was a ton of these guys, and I know it's definitely not the same now. But when they were upgrading equipment, and there were all these other companies that provided parts, specific parts mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. all of these. Yeah. So there's a a ton of this stuff that when they upgraded, you know, it is. I've heard from some of these guys, they're like they're about to chunk this in the trash and these guys are throwing it in the bed of their pickup truck. So I've picked up some industrial uh, grinders. I've got that band filer over there, which is a fairly rare mm. um, piece. And so I've been picking these parts up that these guys have gotten. A lot of them, unfortunately, they're passing away and the family doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. And so I've been picking it up, refurbishing it. And a same with a lot of the um, the tool storage items and stuff like that, and just cleaning them up, making them serviceable. And my buddy Scratch back in Texas is a pinstriper, and we have talked before about you know when something he's like, man, if it looks cool and it's serviceable, don't paint it. But he goes, if it needs paint, paint it. Sure. Well, I'm like, that's not really an answer to figure that out. But you can tell yeah. looking at something like, okay, that definitely needs paint yeah. versus this doesn't. So I kind of fell into that. So it's not a garage as far as like I'm working on cars. I work on my personal stuff. I don't work on cars for anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm not building stuff for other people. But I have fell into being able to get this equipment, refurbishing it, make it nice, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then selling it. So a couple of things, and you know, I, I can show you later, is like these craftsmen... Um, drill presses, they're all metal, they're beautiful. The trim on them is chrome, or well, some of it's aluminum. Um, they're just super nice and they look, you know, not to knock generic stuff, I have a ton of Milwaukee stuff that I love, which are just beasts of mm -hmm. machinery. But this other stuff just has so much style and character to it. Yeah, it's, it's from an era when things were built, were, were built to, to, to last and that had parts that could be replaced, that could have, you know, that they were serviceable For and, sure. and, and maintainable. Like, you know, I have a, I have a Singer sewing machine in my shop. Yes. I don't think that you saw, I don't think I had it when, when you came down. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that, that machine was built in uh, 19, I think it was 44. Yeah. And that thing hums along, man. I put, I mean, I put a new motor on it. For sure. But, um, you know, so it has like an external, has a servo motor on it, but it's all, it's all made to be serviceable. Oh yeah. They're not, you know, it's not, is it planned obsolescence? It, exactly. It's not, they were, you know, they come from an era when things were built to last. And so that way you didn't have to, you know, buy them new when like, ah, you know, it broke. I got to go buy a new one. It's like, oh, it broke. What's wrong with it? Oh, it's this part. We For replaced sure. that part. So, you know, looking at the machines is like, it's really cool. And like it, and what you're saying about it being like cool and being like having like character there's there's definitely there's definitely something about uh, a product a, a tool a um 
a, a something that's built with intent to last for sure and and with like you know precision machining yes. and like these are these are machine like these are machines that are built with precision machining that was forever not you know 60 years ago oh yeah and and they're built like so well so like the allure is is like you know and if you take care of it it'll never die even the design on them um i can show you on one of the outboard motors and on that do all even the handles how they are grooved and sh i mean just the handle itself is a work of art it looks nothing like the little plasticky knobs that we have now mm -hmm. and just how they're put together are really nice and they're you know they're pleasing to look at and you know a lot of the stuff i know like that huge industrial grinder i have is like three phase you can get a phase converter uh that's what i did with my milling machine but to run it on uh 220 volts mm -hmm. but a lot of that stuff now for way less you know the technology has got to where you can run that thing on 220 and it would do kind of the same functions as a three phase mm -hmm. uh machine and so that's another thing where i'm picking some of this up and a lot of guys like their garage to have these old tools in them and again like you were talking about the serviceability you can get the you know the bearings the, there's a few things you have to figure out fabricate and sure. make but a lot of these like the craftsman drill presses one of them that i have it has a newer style motor on it now i've got this really cool homemade montgomery wards belt sander it's a table mount one with a pulley on it and I was looking at the motor the guy put on it and it runs, it works great or whatever. It's a washing machine motor. So this guy built the stand for it. He used dowel rods on the stand, cut a notch in it for the pulley and put a washing machine motor in there. Huh. Now, I mean, not a lot of people are gonna want this thing in their shop, but I'm like, even if they throw it in their man cave, it would look cool sitting in the corner because it's, so very different than what yeah. you get now for belts. Yeah. I mean, I've got the Delta over here that's super nice and I love yeah, it. Sure. But that there's a place, you know, for that sure. older stuff. That makes me think, so my, one of my favorite movie series of, uh, or movie franchises is they're absolutely awful. I love the Fast and Furious movies. I do, yeah. My yeah, mom, like, we've talked yeah. about this because you said you'd watch them with my yeah. mom. My yeah, mom yeah. is a, is a um, huge fan. I, I love, I love them, and like they're ob they're obviously over the years they've gotten so absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah, that it's like okay, like there there's obviously like there's no intention of this to be realistic. Like you have for to, sure, you have to suspend disbelief for a little bit and just like just let it be what it is. Like obviously. They're not jumping cars between suspended highways and like catching people and like whatever. Exactly. Um, but in, in one of the, the more recent ones, I think it's seven. I can't remember which. I think it's seven, but it starts in Cuba. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you know anything about Cuba, um, there's tons of classic cars in Cuba because yes. of like import embargoes and-, and, and 50s and all, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, you know, the one of the, the opening scene is like this this dad and son or his uncle and, and nephew or something. They're looking at this car and they're like, oh, like these are parts from a boat motor. Yeah. And you know, and it's so like saying that you know the washing machine you know motor was added to. For sure. Know, so it's like it's there's a, there's a lot to be said about that ingenuity, and I think yes. and I think a lot of a lot of people are becoming. I, this is like this is so like such a, like a sweeping generality, but. Um, I think a lot of people are becoming lazy and they want 
easier things. Like they they want to have like, hey, you know, like I can just go to Home Depot and I can pick up a new drill or for I can sure. pick up whatever. It's easier than find like sourcing a part for something, fixing it myself, making sure oh, yeah. it works myself. So it's I think that you know having like a piece of equipment that has something like on that, like there's yeah. something like really special about that. It's just it like is. when you make something yourself for yourself, when you you know, are like building tools for yourself. Yeah. Building tools for yourself is like one of the coolest things and like figuring out, like figuring out a way to improve your processes or your life and like building your own tools is like such a cool thing. There, it's actually on those blocks of wood over there, but there's a rounding hammer that I got and the guy puts dead skull, you know, marks a little X'd out eyes, dead skull on those. And he hand forges these and the rounding hammer, I use it a lot to straighten out some sheet metal. Mm -hmm. It works very well for me. I've used some body hammers and stuff, but it's got the weight to it and everything. But man paid, I paid a lot for it. But to me, the value was there that it's mm -hmm. handcrafted and how he yeah, didn't just absolutely. the weight of it. And that this guy actually, yeah. he made this. Yeah. And it's like my little hammer rack behind you. I would say, what maybe every one of those, except I see maybe one is a vintage, no two are vintage uh, hammers. Mm -hmm. So I see two newer ones, but man, those vintage ones are just, I've picked them up cheap at yard sales and estate sales and stuff like that, but how they're made versus new stuff is totally, uh, totally different. And I do appreciate, it's like you with your business of you hand making these versus them being mass produced at a uh, factory. You know, at a yeah. factory or whatever, because yeah. they've got a little bit of you in every one of those that you make, the same with that hammer that that mm -hmm. guy forged. So I'm very appreciative of uh, of that. And it's just the, I mean, like, okay, so down the road from us is a hardware store. And uh, a hardware store? It's kind of a hardware or, store. <laughs> so, so have you been there? What What is it? What's it called? Bolts. Well, it's not Bolts and Beer. It's, okay. It's, that's what their sign says. Okay. So you go in there, it's like hardware, they have alcohol, beer. They have everything from like submersible pumps, a bolt section, farming equipment, a few things of lumber, all of this stuff that so, they have. So it's like, like a kind of like an old school hardware store. Yes. Okay, okay. So but, you go in and they have the aisles that are fucking floor to ceiling with everything you could possibly need. Yes. And you have to have like, you have to have like orienteering skills to figure out where stuff is or talk to the person who's been working there for 30 years and yes. got it, okay. But they have annexed Stone, the largest Milwaukee store I've ever been in. I mean, it's the Milwaukee store is unreal. Mm. Um, and so, man, this is another thing with the old versus new. So when I had the powder coating shop, I had a huge air compressor. It would run my, you know, the sandblasting mm -hmm. rig and all that. So I had the impacts and this and that and everything and dragging these hoses around and yeah. I had you know, every day I'd have to go through, drain my hoses, yep. had a really elaborate yep. hose and filter system yep. that would take, you know, had the water catches in them, would drain those, bleed it all down. And you got to lubricate all your tools. All the, yes, yeah. have yep. all of this. I had a rack for all the air tools. Yep. And then for other, um, other tools, extension cords all over. Well, man, and I've had, you know, cordless, you know, like a Makita when they first come out with that 9.6, it was pretty, you know, mm -hmm. pretty tough. So I've been around those, but now it's gotten out of where those are. They're amazing. Yeah. So I've got an impact over there and I bought, I mean, it's a really nice one and it will do everything 
that my air impact yep. would without. So I've kind of gotten away from having any cords. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, they're all new stuff, but man, I'm not having to pull out an extension cord, air hose, all the maintenance that comes yep. along with air compressor, yep. draining the tank, running you the know, air compressor, keeping it the covered. sound, exactly. tripping over stuff, like all of that. And you know, when, when I was working in the garage, yeah, we you know we use like you know the old school Ingersoll Rand, yeah, you know, and, we, and it was a garage like it was, it was you know it was a mechanic garage. It was set up for you know I was a grease monkey doing oil and tires for sure. And you know it was you know, click 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 click, yeah, get it out you know kind of like you're you know it's just like it's trying to like, like if if you haven't used them before if you think of like if you've ever washed your car. Yes. You're trying to move the hose around the car to spray your car down and it's getting stuck under the tires and for and, sure. You know and like you're managing all this stuff. And you know, I don't have the super heavy duty impact. Like I'm a, I'm a yellow boy. I have, I have DeWalt tools. DeWalt, yeah, uh, I, mean, I got buddies that are DeWalt yeah. tools. And, yeah. and I, lo I love Milwaukee tools. For um, sure. it, the cost weren't so much, I would probably switch over, but it's mm -hmm. kind of like camera systems. It's like, once you buy into it, it's like, you well, stick with, you're yeah. stuck. And unless you want to make that investment to, For to, sure. to change over. Um, so I have like the, the smaller, like a three eighths drive impact. Um, it's not like the super like heavy, it's not like a full, like they have different levels of impacts and mine's yes. like the step down from like the full, like the big boy. But man, like working on my car has been amazing. And they're, you know, you can look at these air systems and like, yeah, the air systems are, air systems are cool. Yeah. And there's nothing better than the sound. Like oh, air, tools, it, this, air tools are the coolest fucking thing, man. They like, are. In, like having like the high pitch and like if you get a grinder or if you get an air ratchet, like, and, like they're, they're so cool. Like, and like they have that, there's that like tactile audible, like it's, it's like a whole, it's like an experience. It's like, For you sure. know, the feel of them and like the vibration of them and how they operate and like the, the you know, when you can hear them like, you know, gassing off, you know, it's the it's cycle like, of, yes. yeah, it's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. But these modern, like portable, like electric tools are just incredible. They're, and I, I'm rock. I mean, I have a pancake compressor mm -hmm. with my nail guns. Mm -hmm. yeah, and again, that sure. sound is so cool. And I know they make yeah. the electric ones, but I'm like, yeah. Hey, I've got these, I'm invested in these guns. This right. is going to yep. be it till they're, yeah, same till thing. they're done. And I've got that too. Yeah. Um, and even like I've used a buddy's, um, uh, grinder with a cutting wheel mm -hmm. and I was like oh with well, this one man just how long it lasted being cordless I was amazed yeah don't have one of those yet but the impact I needed it for a job on my daily driver my heavy hauler mm. and man I've got cheater pipe I'm pushing off the tire I'm under it I'm doing everything I can and I'm like I got to get an impact I mean I it was taking the straps off the gas tank to change the fuel pump. That's why I didn't break off the torch to get under there, you know? But I <laughs> Why didn't you want to heat those exactly. up? So I get over there with that impact. And man, it's, you know, Lindsay was <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I think I was like close to $500 for this one. Mm -hmm. And I get in there and I'm like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. And she's like, get out of here. So she's starting to get like, yeah. oh, these yeah. are these are cool like, to use. Wow, there is value. In For this. sure. Like, this is why it costs what it costs. That's right. And since then, I mean, I've used it a ton. And mm -hmm. it's made, uh, you know, before, um, you know, I don't have an air compressor here. I did back in Louisiana, but I've like used the four-way and like, you know, yeah. fighting that. Yeah, and now just like, so change the drums out on the... On the heavy hauler and all that stuff, and just the time in taking the brakes off to change the pads and everything yep. on the disc. I don't know, I said drums, but to take the whole disc, the rotor off, and everything, like it 
cut the time tremendously yep. instead of trying to do that by hand without yeah. air. Abs yeah, absolutely. That, so. And that's, I mean, it's similar like to my shop where, you know, I've automated a few different things and, you know, spent the money on the tool, like uh, cutting webbing. Yeah. Like, you know, I, you know, for my rip cords, the ruck straps that I make, dude, I'd ha I used to hand cut those, yeah. you know, and that takes a lot of time. And it's just using a hot knife, letting the, letting the knife heat up, you know, pull it out to, you know, and I had, I had a system and it was quick. I wasn't like measuring, marking, cutting. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I had, I had a, you know, a board and it was marked here and marked there. So I just pull it cut it you know next one and it's like okay like yeah it's more efficient than like having to measure and you know do all that but then it's like i got an automated narrow goods cutter and it's just like you know i spend 600 700 bucks on it oh for sure but then it's like it's just like and i can walk away from it if i need to i mean i monitor it um because you know it, it'll flame up if it's too hot like you know if it's yeah. not moving fast enough but the auto the automation like the time that it saves yes. i think people look at things and go while wow, it's really expensive for, for just a tool with something I could do with my hands. You for know, sure. talking about like a cheater pipe, you know, uh, I was, I replaced the, um, I've, I've done a couple of suspension jobs on my, my current car and my last car, you know, I replaced the springs on it myself. Like just, I lowered both of them and did all that work myself. And it's like, I was literally, I had my, I had my breaker bar and I had a six foot steel pipe on that thing. Yes. And the, the torque on those, the torque spec is 100, 120 foot pounds. Yeah. And so when you're trying to take those off after they've been on for years and yep. you know, 80,000 miles, it's like, yo, like, those are hard to break. Oh, for sure. So I'm, I've got this, I have this like six foot metal pipe on my breaker bar just trying to like, and I know, I know my breaker bar is like flexing inside this pipe. Oh yeah. But then you have an impact and you rip it, you, you pop it a couple times and the next thing you know, it's like, it's loose. So it's like, you're not paying just for the technology. You're not paying just for the tool. You're paying for the time that you don't have to invest in it anymore. Exactly. And like, I don't think people, I don't think people like, like quite catch on to that. And that's where I've been with buying, like when you do buy tools, buy the best that you can afford. Mm -hmm. And you know, the better Sometimes, quality. Yes. Some, like there's certain tools, like you can go to Harbor Freight for stuff mm -hmm. and get like the inexpensive carts or, you know, stuff that like, like, do you need to go, you know, and buy a snap-on tool chest? Do, do you, Who can? Like, well, true. <laughs> That's true. You have to take out another mortgage for that. For sure. But it's like, you know, can you get by with, you know, a Husky tool chest or well, General or U.S. General? or? or it's or wild how their stuff has improved, too. Mm. And, man, you know, I'm all about, like, oh, buy American, buy this, buy that. But that's got progressively hard to do. My yes, torque has. wrench that I have is a harbor freight special mm -hmm. and man it were and like i checked the reviews you know because you you know some stuff you'll see the reason they're like all right not this but right. that had amazing reviews mm -hmm. and you know man i know they do a lot of the you know it's similar to this one but that thing is fantastic and it was probably a quarter of the price of what mm -hmm. i'd paid for another yeah. you know for a half inch that's like a snap on or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or whatever but it's been extremely serviceable same thing, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of worn winches. You know, my gooseneck, I went to Harbor Freight and got one of those, and it's been a fantastic awesome. winch for a quarter of the price. That's amazing. But yeah, I have become a bit of a Milwaukee fanboy. I'm not gonna lie. It's been, <laughs> I've I'm, that. I'm on board. I'm on board for that. So you're a Milwaukee boy. Yes. So you also have an affinity for hammer wrenches. I love hammer wrenches. So. Talk about like, first of all, what is a hammer wrench? 
That, and and why do you love them? So a hammer wrench is a crescent wrench, um, which you know a lot of people frown on them. They're you know it's an adjustable wrench or whatever. You can get stuff that's more specific to wrenching. Like if it's a nine sixteenths, you can grab a nine sixteenths. You got the gear yeah. wrenches and they fit yeah. specific to those or sockets right. or everything. So in the oil field. You like, man, I had a brass snap, uh, a double brass snap hooked onto my 10 inch uh, hammer wrench and one on my belt loop. And you would use this thing like for almost everything out there. And it keeps you from like going and grabbing this tool, that tool, that tool, mm -hmm. whatever. So that, and I mean, you can see my oil filled uh, pipe wrench collection down there. But the hammer wrenches, I fell in love with it. I mean, you, I would hammer with them, beat stuff, knock stuff. So in natural gas, um, not only does natural gas come up, but it's, you also get oil, salt water, and paraffin uh, wax. And you can also get sand, depending on the formation. So there's a lot of stuff you would be hammering to mm -hmm. knock that stuff loose mm -hmm. and, and get it out of there. So oh, not the hammer wrenches of today, like not to knock Crescent or any of those, but they don't have the same tolerances as these old hammer wrenches. So you can, so you're actually, I'm you, a hammer wrench connoisseur. I, I can tell. <laughs> so with, with a hammer wrench, like you're actually using it to hammer items. Like you can use it to adjust bolts, nuts. Yeah. You're also using it to like to smack as a, as a, as a like a, an implement to, to smack things. Yes. Because it's generally kind of frowned upon to not use a tool what it's intended for. Exactly. So a new, like if you go pick up a crescent wrench from Home Depot or Harbor Freight, you're not really, you don't want to smack things with said wrench. For sure. So a standard crescent wrench is like, has like a straight handle and hammer wrench is kind of curved, right? No, those are rail, rail, railroad wrenches. Oh, so the curved ones. Yeah, well, they're all hammer wrenches. It's like a generic name. Uh, okay. So the, the ones that are curved up there mm -hmm. uh, were actually used on the own, like at the railroad that they fit in a certain area mm, to- Got it, okay. To tighten and or loosen so, or adjust. So when you say hammer wrench, it's interchangeable with crescent wrench. Yes. Gotcha, okay. Yes. Got it. It's any of them can be used as a hammer. Okay, so it's kind of like how you call all soda or pop Coke. Coke, everything, got, yes. Coke. Do you want a Coke? Yes. What Move kind of Coke? Coke? Exactly. Okay. Same got thing. Got it. Got it. Okay. Same thing. So, so tell me about this. This is this looks like it would be an amazing like animated character that would like come alive and have yes like a thing. Like, this is kind of like Wally, but like. So there's a brand called Sun that makes these. It has a beautiful logo on them. So this is like an old school engine analyzer. And I've been wanting one forever just to, to display. Mm -hmm. So, man, they go quick and they're getting more and more expensive because a lot of people are grabbing them and sticking them in their, you know, I hate the word man cave because I just want to get off this. Man cave to me is for guys that don't know how to use tools. So, so to, to go so, back, so this is, this is an engine analyzer. Yes. So what, what, so I see what it does, but what, what does it do? Like tell, so tell people what it does. I remember bringing it home and I'm showing it to Lindsay. And she's like, this thing looks cool. She loved the logo on it. You know, I've been cleaning on it. Um, and she's like, I don't get what it does. So I go, you know my little tiny code reader that's digital that I can plug in in our vehicles and it tells you what's wrong with it? 
inches, yes. It's like this big. Was, mm -hmm. You know, I think the one I have was like 300. Yeah, it's a nicer tool. one. Yeah, scan, scan tool. tool. I go, this is, this is it. This is an Back old in the day. scan tool. Yes, so this has timing <laughs> lights, meters. Is that an oscilloscope? Uh, yes. So all the, I've been cleaning up. I haven't, I want to, it's, you know, some of that is, uh, very old technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to take the back, vacuum all the dust, whatever, and see if it's functional. So it's if it's not full of tubes and stuff. Yes. Awesome. So if it's not functional, I just want it where I can light just all like of this stuff up. Yeah, yeah, and have it as a display. Yeah. So I'm going through this thing last night, and I'm doing a YouTube video of what's you know what's on the inside mm -hmm. of this. So Which we'll, was, we'll link in the I'll link I'll link below okay. so that way people can get a little more heck yeah in depth look at so I was shocked in the in I'm pulling stuff out of there and in the back of it is a Kmart bag and of course it's like there's you know mouse droppings mouse nest all the stuff and I open up this Kmart bag and there is a vintage Levi's denim vest that's lined in sheepskin shoved in there. That I think with cleaning would be very serviceable. I'm like, if you talk to anybody on hoarders, they're gonna say no because there's mouse piss and shit. <laughs> I can clean it. I feel good about. It. And I've been in so much, man, old cars, you know, mm -hmm. bikes too. Yep. In my Ford flathead engine, when I brought it home, it had a whole mouse canal in there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. and I'm very, uh, you know, I wash my hands after that. <laughs> uh -huh. So, so uh. <laughs> I was shocked at that and thought that was cool. Mm. But then I found something that was really freaking cool. So it is a separate control that you take a box that plugs into this. And there's a couple that's like another device that you plug into here, then read that device, then attach it to the car, mm -hmm. like some for checking the water temperature and all this other stuff. And this is to test your uh, the seat belts that have the the electric oh the automatic the automatic seat belts and all so this is very first generation of this that's mm. from the like the 70s mm. and so i'm like oh my god i didn't even know they had a tester for this i was yeah. learning and i look on there and it says the plate says chrysler space division and i'm like what so i stopped the video i'm googling and unbeknownst to me i'm embarrassed as louisiana in the 70s, and I think it ended in the 90s, Chrysler had a space division, a rocket, they built rockets, in New Orleans, Louisiana. What? And then NASA now owns it. They bought out Chrysler. But Chrysler built all of these rockets in the 70s. No kidding. And had all this technology. And the head part of the space division was in Detroit. So, I mean, there's a couple of wheels. Stoney is a big car guy. Mm, yeah. I messaged him. I messaged you a couple. Of, everyone was like, oh my God, we've never heard of this. So, Were they, <laughs> I was yesterday years old when I learned that Chrysler had a space they, division. They weren't responsible for the Challenger, were they? <laughs> okay, here's another story <laughs> that I was reading. Oh boy. Which, you know, I'm a Mopar guy. I mean, I love Chevys, I love everything, yeah. but um, they were either tasks or we're going to design a space shuttle, but they went with the other space shuttle design. And in my heart, I know 
that a Hellcat powered space shuttle or a Hemi, excuse me, Hemi powered space shuttle <laughs> would never have any problems. I'm just saying. Yeah. Cause, so because Hemi's have never had problems ever. Okay, we're we're talking about and, space shuttle Hemi. And can we also talk about the fact that Hemi is nothing but an absolute marketing ploy? Oh yeah, and exactly. It's, it's um, if you know, like I don't know a ton about engines, but if you know a little bit. Hemi is short for hemispherical injection, which is the injection ports in the cylinder heads used to be angular. And they discovered that if you had a hemispherical injection port, you'd get a better, more efficient burn of the oh, fuel. Head. So Chrysler Dodge came up with that, mm -hmm. but now everything's a Hemi. Yeah, like, at least, the at mini, least, they got the minivan Hemi. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, the Hellcat minivan well, they made and, for a little yeah, bit. There's a, so. there's, a, there's a Ford Hemi, there's a Chevy yeah. Hemi. There's, they're, they're, they're all, it's all that. And so it's just like, it's part of a, an ongoing, you know, like Chrysler Dodge came up with that like yes. forever ago, but it's like now like <coughs> everyone else is caught up and it's for sure. the same, it's the same thing. So, well, one thing I like about stuff like this is with, and this is, I'm keeping, this isn't one that yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, gonna, uh, gonna sell, but that is something that I learned and, you know, I'll show you later on the, the band follower. There's a lot of this stuff that I'm learning and I, had no idea Chrysler had a space division. And especially in freaking New Orleans. I was like, how did I not yeah. know this? But I associate New Orleans with the Higgins boats were built there and the World War II Museum is where, mm -hmm. you know, that area. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm learning about um, in this area that I don't think any place else I would have got access or got knowledge sure. yeah. to that. So this one went to a dealership, I guess in the 70s. And then an individual bought it. He passed away, and it's another deal. Uh, his best friend is help, you know, was selling some stuff. I picked up a few other things there for the widow because none of the kids are interested yeah. in this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought it was an odd find to have that Levi's vest that's sheep. Have, have you, know, you had sheep any, line, any but, <laughs> unexplainable experiences since you've tampered with the Levi's no, vest? No, Hey, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I put it right back in that Kmart bag and it stuck back up in there, you know? Well, I mean, not only is that person probably did, but Kmart is too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this thing hasn't, like, lit up on its own unplugged in, so that's, that's a of, bonus. That's <laughs> kind of sad. I know. I think if it did, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm like, look here, Christine, of the engine analyzers. That's You're going to roll on up out of here. Does it have a name? Not yet. If you name it, it Christine, Christine, I bet you it'll, yeah. it'll loom. <laughs> That'll light up right away. Exactly. So explain to me. So um, with the garage and stuff, and, and you know, you repurpose and re refurbish stuff. So like, what's your what's your uh, what's your marketplace game? What's uh, it? Wh how do you like, how do you go about like finding stuff? Um, you know, we we kind of talked about like what you decided on. I mean, obviously without. Um, I forget, I forget his name, sorry, but uh, your, your pinstriper, your buddy. Um, oh, Scratch, about scratch, when to paint it or when to not. Yeah, yeah. so um, how do you, you know, we kind of determine like whether or not, you know, you decide that you want to put paint on something or not. So like, sure. what's, what's kind of your process? Like what do you, what do you look for? And then like what do you, then, you know, then what happens after you pick up something? A court price point is a huge deal. Sure. And then if it's actually uh, serviceable or not. So that industrial grinder over there, it's gonna be something pretty, the guy I bought it from, he bought it at auction and it was, you know, plugged in working. He showed me the video and is like, he goes, I did not know it was this big or this heavy and this is definitely not what <laughs> I needed. Sure. 
But he's like, I'm selling it for the price I paid. It was a fantastic price and it's gonna be a good flip. But it's something I could set on for a year or so. Sure. So the first- and If you did look at it, like if you didn't see it in person, yes, it looks like a standard, like a tabletop grinder. I mean, like it could, if you just had a picture of it, you could, you, you could think that it was just like a, you know, a standard grinder that's, you know, 18 inches across. When I got there, I was like, holy oh, hell this is big because yeah. i mean i've got two pretty much industrial grinders in here already that are small i mean you you see it's it's freaking yeah, it's, huge it's, this 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 grinder is it stands like on on its on its platform on its base stands like four feet high yeah it's a good three feet wide uh the wheels they've got you know 10 inch 10 or 12 inch wheels on it like yeah. it's a it's and I got extra wheels boy. with yeah. it it's and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a big one. Yeah. So, in a lot, if someone, you know, I have to kind of be smart with like, is someone going to buy this? Right. The same with that little, the washing machine engine power or motor powered yep. uh, belt sander. That I'll probably sell them for a while, but I was like, the price was dirt cheap and it looked really cool. Mm. Um, so, some of the stuff like the Craftsman ones. I've seen some of those that have been painted up and fixed up nice and polished and stuff. And it, it ends up being a good, those, when they're painted and made nice, sure. they look fantastic. So how much of it is, is functionality and usability versus aesthetic? Like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure like a lot of people just like want to like have like a nice space for themselves, a man cave or a garage. And like they want it to, to add like, like for instance, I have a, um, like I have an old hand plane. In, in, in like my office. Yes. Hand planes, like some hand planes are just beautiful. Like they're they just are. incredible. And like people like, they'll get them and they'll make like the nice handles out of like curly birch. And oh, like for they, sure. they, they're, they, they become like these beautiful, like pieces of art more or less than, than a tool. Yes. So how much of it is based on aesthetic or, you know, decoration versus like use like usability? I think it depends on what it is. Mm -hmm. The, uh, like my milling machine is a Rockwell. I don't think that, I just picked up a Rockwell drill press and I'm like, oh, this matches my Rockwell. Um, so I'm gonna replace the current drill press that I have. And it's not that attractive or good looking of a, <laughs> of a unit, mm -hmm. but I'm like, okay, I like that it's a Rockwell. I like that it's, it meets my needs better than the other uh, than the other one does. Sure. So some stuff I think it's a it's a divide of like where those particular years of those Craftsman drill presses look really cool, mm -hmm. and they're very serviceable and can be used. So those I get them because I'm like, hey, I can paint those, make them look nice, and make them look cool. Sure. So it's more of a display to like look at and yeah. functional. And then some of the stuff is just pure uh, function, like some of the. Um, the industrial cabinets and storage that I've picked up. Mm -hmm. um, I'll usually, man, and not to like super clean. I think we talked about that. Has just, I've been a huge fan. That stuff works fantastic. But super clean works so well, I couldn't use it on a lot of this because it'll take that. It'll, it'll, pull, it'll the, pull the, the lettering the, off yep, of it. Yep. Yeah. But as far as like down here, it, you know, there's a lot of this side, uh, the grease and stuff that permeates that stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of a hard, you know, like the, the band filer, all of that Vista green paint is cool, but it's starting to flake off everywhere mm -hmm. on it because it's set in a shop for so long that yeah. wasn't climate controlled. So that one definitely needs to be totally refurbished. Mm. 
Um, and my plan was with that grinder to repaint it. But once I degreased it and got it clean, I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with this paint. Right. It's like there's, it's, you know, machine or uh, battleship gray, machine gray, whatever you're going to call it is over the original Vista green. But I'm like, that doesn't affect its I'll usefulness look. and it looks good. So sure. if I spend the time, that's where I kind of look at some of it too, about the time versus the reward on that. Sure. Yeah. ROI. So with how the craftsman drill presses look, um, to me, it is worth making those look really mm -hmm. cool like metal flake them or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've got my buddy locally here that does the pinstriping and mm -hmm. painting. Um, you know, I'm gonna get him to do, you know, some pinstriping on some of them to, you know, so along help that, them look cool. Along that vein, um, have you considered, like, an, like, I don't know a ton about, or really anything about like the coatings and the paint, like for all these, like, you know, this old machinery. Obviously mm -hmm. it's like done in a certain way for specific reasons because these are these are machines built to service other things for sure so you know their coatings are gonna are gonna be um you know hard use coatings yes um now powder coat is can also be considered a hard use coating yes people use them on firearms they use them on wheels um car parts fuel tanks for motorcycles like all all, all different types of stuff you can powder coat have you considered like rebooting that and doing like powder coating on some of the stuff that you've gotten or i really do love uh, powder coating i think it is a great system there are parts of powder coating that it is not as bulletproof as people you know think that it is but it right. is very serviceable in a lot of environments and is a fantastic application for you know motorcycle frames uh valve covers yeah. uh, bike the list frames roll on. cages yes. yeah but in staying true to these, so you know why a lot of the industrial equipment is either that Vista green mm -hmm. or that the industrial gray, like a battleship gray. Well, what I had started learning was on a lot of these after the war, there were like 55 gallon drums available of this, you know, I think you battleship post, gray. I think you posted yeah. about that with the vices that you're, yes. you're painting. So yeah. I've tried to keep in those. And a lot of this machinery was, uh, was brush painted. So I actually got, you know, some of it, some of the vices and stuff. I try to keep it in what they did at that time. Mm -hmm. So I will add hardener and get a chip brush, mix this up. Mm -hmm. And I'm still on a learning curve to get it smooth. So. Yeah. And there's actually these buses in, I believe it's in England, that they were all brush painted. So these guys that do this brush painting, they put the hardener in and lay it down, but they have got so good with how much Mm -hmm. paint like the, to the do ratio. how much yeah. to do it that they pull it smooth where it's hard to tell that it's even that's amazing a brush yeah so that's one thing i've been working on with that so with the equipment if it was originally brush painted mm -hmm. that's what i do you with the yeah. with the hardener and that's something that's kind of a learning curve on it mm -hmm. with the uh the do all obviously was sprayed the band filer and some of the other stuff was painted so i just kind of look at it and figure out what what it needs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is just like my personal mm -hmm. preference too. Right. There's also a lot of these guys around here that had uh, in their basements had a lot of really nice woodworking equipment. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten, I bought a few things and looked at a few things, but um, you know, some of that stuff was so heavy and cast yeah. steel and cast iron yeah. versus 
Now you can buy like a DeWalt. You can get like a, like a worksite. Super light aluminum and these plastics are so tough. They're as tough oh, as yeah. sheet metal and everything and all yep. that I'm kind of like, eh. So the stuff that I guess more industrial use as far as you're not getting these machines at Home Depot as much, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. So um, I look for, you know, shears, metal brakes, that were made like in the 40s and 50s and even earlier. Mm -hmm. And I even found a couple of like, um, it's broadened my horizons and learning stuff like uh, mechanical hacksaws that are from the 20s that are like cast steel. So it's like predates an original a bandsaw. Mm -hmm. So these things have huge hacksaw blades and some of them are like they're rotary in this blade. So you drop it on there and it's just shearing it in there absolutely amazing but a lot of this equipment is like super heavy takes mm -hmm. up space the same with there's a lot of lathes that were built in the you know world war ii area mm -hmm. that are as serviceable and not, and i can't see myself ever buying a new lathe because they don't and again that goes with that no. cool factor of some of these other ones where you can replace the bearings you can do all this different mm -hmm. stuff and it's just you know they're freaking cool. That reminds me of the video that you posted um, about knowing how to be poor. Yes. Because, like, you know, it's like it, it was a somebody moving a lathe. Yeah. And if, if you know anything about lathes, they're massive. They're huge. And, and, and if you get, like, an old-school lathe, I mean, they're bench size. Hell, yeah. You know, they're, they're six feet long, two feet, two and a half feet deep. You know, for sure. Three and a half, four feet tall. Cast, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Oh, yeah. And uh, like they're, they're really, um, again, it's back to pre-planned obsolescence. That's right. It, it, it's, before, it's before the, uh, the intentional breaking of, of things and needing, exactly. needing new phones and needing, needing new lamps and refrigerators and dishwashers. And, it's like the know. meme of those, uh, like those green refrigerators from the 70s that... I mean, I know a lot of people that still have those in their garage or whatever. And new refrigerators are the I mean, the one we have has like, you open it up and there's all these LED lights and it's all this stuff or whatever. But I know in 10 years, is it still going to be around? Probably not. Or this, you know, fugly old green and the almond color and all hey, that, you know, that they brown. Took, they took all the wartime paint and they just transferred it over <laughs> exactly. to the refrigerators. Exactly. That's all those 55 gallon drums of paint. It went out of the refrigerators and for sure and microwaves and blenders and, and all that stuff. Well, I know even with like your business, it was back in Doyleen, Louisiana. There's a buddy of mine that he would do, uh, you know, a little bit of sewing here and there. And he ended up buying a Toyota um, sewing machine. Mm -hmm. And man, I had no idea that thing. Like I helped him move it. It was freaking heavy and it's an old you could still get parts for it mm -hmm. and all that and an industrial one had the you know toyota logo on it and everything and i don't know how old it was then but he still does his hobby stuff on that huge well, freaking know, machine i'll tell you what so i just i just got a new um because of the, the the campaign that i did the honeycomb campaign that i did that was successful um and i you know i got capital for good works and for i'm sure. working on uh working on finding a workshop and but you know I've, mm -hmm. in the meantime i've taken care of some other things that i needed to do like consolidating some debt um getting um i got i got a new computer um you know stuff like other like smaller stuff that i needed to do that was easy to do um but you know now i'm looking for a workshop but another one thing that i did is i got a new machine i got yeah. a, new, a new sewing machine nice um and it's like a super heavy duty monster machine 
and so it's got a longer arm on it. It's got a, a larger workspace. This, I just sewed through, like just doing a test, I sewed through like 12 layers of 500 denier Cordura. Like it was a chunk of folded Cordura, like that thick. Oh that yeah, just, like, and it's just hammering through, through it. Um, so one thing that I've noticed about sewing machines, especially the industrial machines, like they're made very well. Yes. And these machines, like there, there are still things, some things out there that are still built really well. Granted, you pay for it, exactly. but with service and maintenance, like they're gonna last for, for fucking ever. Oh, for sure. So I've noticed that like, you know, with my Singer, like I said, I have an like old Singer and it, it, it's made of metal. Mm -hmm. And the new machines, like the new the new sewing machines, are still made with metal. Yes. Um, John at uh, SOE Tactical Gear, uh, Special Operations Equipment Tactical Gear, he has uh, he's been sewing for like 35 years. Um, SOE's been going for like 30 or something like that. They make fantastic hard use gear. Um, John's a really good dude. Um, and like his kind like I would really love to get good works like you know that size of you know his have same you know similar size of company um and I just really like how he runs his business um but he has a bunch of like older machines but it's like they're metal yeah they're steel and like they're made they're made to last and it's like you know you're you're still cranking out tons of volume but it's it's on it's using equipment that's meant to do that for it's sure it's not like a plastic so when you mention like a toyota machine oh yeah uh, like there's i think mitsubishi actually has machines yeah um so there's there's this really cool kind of like crossover and like for like some of these companies where you're like you like yeah like a toyota like what like, oh yeah yeah for real and they, they last and last if you take care of them like they're these pieces of equipment that are really just meant to be taken care of and move forward and they'll, they'll continue to serve you as long as you serve them for sure you know i remember uh, my buddy's dad one of my best friends his dad you know he told me something once and i'll never forget it he said if you take care of your car your car will take care of you yes and it's the, the same. preventive maintenance is yeah. a huge huge absolutely deal. so like that i think that's really part of it and it's, it's kind of you know going back to what we were talking about before it's the planned obsolescence and, and, and it's just like you know that i think that can still be like high quality stuff can still be found oh for um, sure but you're gonna pay for it, but that's okay yeah. because it's gonna last for, for a long period of time. So now we're, we're getting into winter, mm -hmm. it's, it's coming. Uh, Bomber has not quite acclimated yet to Michigan winters. I refuse to. I don't think he ever <laughs> will. Um, that, <laughs> that kind of, this is, this is a complete tangent, but we still haven't taken, done our, um, our beach photo shoot. I know, we, we need still, to. We, we can do that in Superior this winter if you want. Dude, Superior. Some silkies up on, on, on Superior. We can, we can go to Marquette, have a nice little weekend. So You can hop in the lake. Where Where's the place with the beautiful falls? It's like uh, a, I guess, a Native American name. Are you talking Ooh. about Taquamanon? Yes. Yeah. So went up there camping with Lindsay and some of her family, and it was, I mean, dude, there's two states that I think they keep stuff on the low. Michigan and Arkansas are two extremely beautiful scenic states. I wouldn't say we keep it on the low because we had the pure Michigan campaigns well, yes, that are like yes, everywhere. Well, yes, that got it, but, yes. yeah, yeah. But we went up there and we went into Lake Superior and this is, I mean, to me, and okay, so around the 1st of August in Louisiana is still like deathly hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as it is in most places in the, but it starts getting cool night. Like I've, I've learned 
in freaking July, bring a freaking hoodie at night because I'll get cold up here. Well, the temperature, know? the temperature swings are, are, yes, are our yes. thing. Yeah. So we go up there and we like, I, you know, was like, oh, Lake Superior, you know, I got, I got my like rainbow flip flops on. I kick it's them nice off and got in the water. Cold. I was like, holy shit, this is cold. Yeah. And I've been up to like, you know, Traverse City and stuff like that. So I can't imagine how freaking cold it gets. And then, I mean, it's been a huge, you know, Louisiana would have like a, uh, uh, you know, every 10 year snowstorm that's usually like, you know, one to two inches. Yeah. Dude, but it's crazy. This, I think it was two years ago. I mean, they got like six to eight inches and it was colder there than it was here. Yeah. And I was like, blown away but it was just a uh you know a hundred year event mm -hmm. for them but um yeah man i bought at the other place i got a toro snowblower and i'll never forget the uh i moved up here from florida and it was may 1st and of course down there i mean it's already hot as hell and got up here and man, I, we had drove all night. Lindsay had to run into work to do some stuff. And she calls me like at seven in the morning. She's like, go outside. And I'm like, what? it's freaking, it didn't stick, but it's snowing. Hmm? And I'm like, what the hell have I done? <laughs> so got a snowblower and stuff like that. But in probably that fall, man, I woke up one night and I hadn't, I jumped up grabbed a little something, something. I'm like, man, we're about to get, you know, I thought the killdozer was coming at us. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what is that? And I'm yanking open the window and it's them snow plowing the streets. And I'd never, I've never heard that noise yeah. in my life and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. True to form. <laughs> As we're, we got talking and I forgot to put my timer on. Um, this camera only records 30 minute clips. We got to talking and didn't really realize that we exceeded our time limit. So it happens uh, when you're having fun. It happens when you're having fun. So Bomber, uh, when he came down to the Good Workshop, um, one of only like two people that have actually been there, um, we recorded and his audio didn't work, didn't record. Yeah. So um, that's kind of we're we did two for twenty two. minutes of garble that it sounded yeah. like. Yeah. And 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 uh, he had a list of all the questions and stuff, so it was kind of easy to recover from, and we had a really great time the second time around. <laughs> For sure. Because of the, uh, we this were also- This sounds familiar. Yeah, we were also simultaneously um, stream, uh, streaming on Instagram Live. So yeah. the people who were kind of like watching that got to see the whole thing twice. Yeah, bonus um, round. We'll all, and I'll link to that video uh, in the description uh, as well, so that you, you can check that out when uh, Bomber came and uh, saw this get made. Heck yeah. And, um, in 30 seconds. 30, yeah. 30 seconds or less. It 30, was, less, it was than less, than 30, yeah, so, less than 30 seconds. You know, me, I'm, I'm just holding out because I, I really build them in 30 seconds. <laughs> um, so we were, we were just talking about um, coming up to Michigan in winter, um, Bomber's first white Christmas. Yes. Um, we've kind of, we're not going to review the whole 30 minutes just to catch up. So, For sure. Um, what, what, is, what are you doing? Like, you know, winter's coming. What's going on in the garage? Like, what are you doing over the winter? Well, like I said, during summer when it is... I mean, dude, I've never experienced summers as nice as they are in Michigan. I get when people talk about Michigan summers, they're absolutely amazing. But there's a long time of inclement weather. And of course out here we're in farmland, so there's nothing to stop the wind. It's windy, it's cold, the snow, we get huge snow drifts against yep. the buildings. So I'm fortunate where this garage and even our attached garage at the house has gas heat in it. So I've got insulation heat, insulated garage doors, so I can be snug as a bug out here 
uh, I mean, I'm not going to keep it like Louisiana hot. <laughs> I'll still out here in a hoodie and a jacket working, but it's where I can comfortably do stuff. Where your hands aren't numb. And yes. It doesn't hurt. Yes. It doesn't hurt to manipulate tools. So yeah. there's some projects that I put on hold because there was so much to do outside uh, here, you know, building the chicken coop, pond maintenance yard, all of this stuff yes. that I've got the, the 1991 Kubota that I have. It's a four wheel drive. Uh, I got it with a bucket to move the snow, a front loader. Um, I have tasks to do on it that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that in the winter when I don't need it. And it's, you know, some drilling and tapping in cast steel. I can do that in here in the heat. Uh, I've replaced some of the bearings already on the, uh, the finish, um, mower for it. Mm -hmm. So there's stuff in here, stuff on the Harley that I want to do. And then also the work that I'm actually doing on a lot of this stuff where I can be in here in the heat, you know, cleaning, painting, mm -hmm. degreasing all of that stuff. So I feel very blessed that we ended up with this place with it, you know, heated, mm. insulated and all that. Yeah. So it's kind of the same stuff. It's just moving inside uh, and allowing me to even, you know, not be, uh, you know, hampered by the bad weather. Sure. Uh, at the play, I mean, I love the place we lived in, uh, in town, but the garage wasn't heated. I didn't have a lot mm. of room there. Yep. So it was like, moving a lot of stuff around yeah. just to do the smallest project. Yeah. So yeah. that's been fantastic out here. Awesome. So um, recently I watched the, um, the Jocko, or didn't watch, uh, I listened to the Jocko Willink podcast with Rain Wilson. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Office. Uh, I love The Office. Um, so I was like, you know, and I, I, I love Jocko. I, I, you know, listen to, listen to him some kind of, kind of regularly. And I, you know, I go through spats, um, spurts, spats, spurts, <laughs> spurts, that's it. Uh, so, I had to listen to this podcast, um, and my other favorite movie franchise, um, aside from Fast and Furious, is I love the Harry Potter movies. Yes, um, I, I I didn't I didn't read Harry Potter until I was thirty five. I didn't watch Harry Potter until I was like thirty five, um, so it's still like new to me. Like I didn't grow up with it. Um, my wife Nick got me into it. She was like, "Hey, you know, can we you know watch a Harry Potter movie with me?" I'm like, "Oh, like fine." I'll do it. Um, my ex used to wear like the Gryffindor sweatpants and I would bash on her all the time. I still would um, because I'm Ravenclaw. For sure. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, the, the, the mockery comes from a different place. Yes. And um, I, I, my daughter grew up in that age of being young and she like yeah. is the same age as those kids and grew up watching. Yep. So that was my deal to take her and go see yeah. Harry Potter. And, so. and that would have been me too, you know, like, I, you For know, sure. in, in that, in that area, you know, in that range where it would have been like, you know, wouldn't have been a 35 year old man reading children's <laughs> exactly. books. Um, so uh, Rain Wilson goes on this tear about how awful Harry Potter is. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was so comical that I wasn't even affronted by it. Like it was just like this hilarious listen uh, to him talking about how ridiculous Harry Potter is. And he, and he goes to Jocko, he's like, you know, you could just do a podcast of unpopular opinions. Oh yeah. Or uh, like hot takes as, as they used to be known in, on, on the socials. So um, I wanted, I forgot to do this with Brian um, because we had been up for, you know, 24 hours plus after doing a 13 hour endurance event. And you know, so my brain wasn't quite clear. Um, so I wanted to ask him, but I forgot, but what is an, an unpopular opinion that you have? Well, mine is, I just, I do not get any form of sports ball. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand how people get so passionate about like the, okay, I didn't mention this, but I do have a 
number nine Saints jersey. Mm-hmm. And on the back it says Louisiana. And not that I'm a Saints fan, but I thought it looked really freaking cool. Sure. Uh, Lindsay surprised me with it. And I will wear that, but I have to like Google to see are the Saints playing and know it's like baseball season or something <laughs> like that. You know, I won't, sure. yeah, I won't yeah. keep up with it or know that, but I thought it was cool to have that jersey yeah. with the Louisiana. Yeah. But I see the people that do like the, you know, the face painting, they have their, they're arguing, they're in the bars, they're yelling back and forth yeah. at each other. It's, I just, I don't understand yeah, that. I, 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 so what about, so like, you know, we get inundated with like football, baseball, um, you know, soccer, soccer or football is becoming more, more popular here, it seems. For sure. Um, what about, what about rugby? Well, you know, and I had buddies, there's a rugby league at Pendleton that had buddies that played rugby and they were like going, hey man, come play rugby with us. And I've always inter- been interested in rugby. I still don't understand anything about it. It makes zero sense to me. But I got out there and watched them play. And then, you know, I'm an extremely handsome man. And I saw their faces <laughs> yes, afterwards, you, you know. And I've had my nose broken a couple of times yeah. and tussles and stuff like that. And everything, I'm like going, dude, don't screw this rugby. Yeah, no. gonna... And I got like, you know, Jim Herrings, mm-hmm. uh, Hanley. They're both big rugby guys. Mm-hmm. But, and then this thing that I like to do that goes into being unpopular with the uh, rugby guys is like anytime it's own or I see rugby people, I'm like, oh, you play soccer. <laughs> and it just, it yeah, that, Now yeah. I'm careful to who I say it to. Of course. Cause yeah. like rugby yeah, yeah. is the yeah, MMA yeah. of uh, ball sports, yes. you know, and everything. Yeah, sure. So yeah, respect to the rugby guys for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think there's, so um, there, there was, a, I think Tom Schumann, I saw him post something about, there's like a, I don't know if it's annual, but there, there's a rugby game that they have in Australia with like, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure like what what part of the Australian military, if, like if there's like a, a Marine equivalent or like if there's like a Royal Marine thing or something, I, I don't know For what sure. it is. Um, but there's a, there's a game, uh, like a rugby game that they play um, with the Marines. Uh, I don't know if it's annual or whatever, because and it, it dates back to World War II when the Marines were in Australia on leave you yes. know, in the Pacific theater. And play with those guys. Yeah, so like yeah. it's been like a continued thing of like camaraderie and like and brotherhood, like to kind of like, that's kind of like kept going over, over the years, which is really kind of amazing. And to me, rugby to me is a very Marine-like uh, yes. sport. So yeah. I went to go visit uh, Jim years ago when he lived in, uh, in Wisconsin, and we got there and it's like snow-covered ground, all that, it was a big change, but we get there and uh, man, he was uh, helping um, referee rugby games. Mm-hmm. So we went and it's these high school kids. And it, I mean, it had to be in like the 30s, the winds blowing everything. And they're in their shorts, yeah. ripping jerseys, running around all of this. And of course you can tell them from the South, I've got like, I don't own a parka. I've got like a denim jacket and a hoodie <laughs> and you know, a, a beanie on and trying to, my hands are shoved in my pockets. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, isn't this great? And I'm like, I'm about, I was having a hard time concentrating on the, yeah, the yeah. team. But yeah. yeah, but man, those kids, I mean, rugby folks, they're a different breed. So I can yeah. see getting down with the rugby. I like it, it and kind of hockey is the same where there's a lot of yelling there's, at there's, them. There's violence. Which I like. There is. There's violence, which, that, which makes it sure. more appealing. And it's, it's not like soccer where if a guy gets bumped, he oh cries to the ref and you Dude, know, flails on the ground. Those videos of them and then some of the NBA guys. I mean, the football guys, there's some tough cats yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I look at some of those smaller guys that are getting hit by these. Just getting crushed yeah. by the linemen and stuff. And yeah. you're just like, holy crap, man. Yeah. So back in Shreveport, they had a 
uh, baseball team called the Shreveport Captains that mm. was kind of paid, played reference to Captain Henry Miller Shreve, who Shreveport's named after. They had been a baseball franchise since right after the Civil War, forever. Mm. So we get the Shreveport Mudbugs, which are the crawfish, a hockey team down there. I think they're double A maybe, or maybe triple A, or, or in that genre or whatever. I went to the inaugural game, and these guys, 15 minutes in, get into like a 20-minute fight. Even the goalies matter fight. Every, the refs yeah. dip out. <laughs> I was hoarse from screaming. All, it was like you know a WWF match going yeah. on. And I'm like, oh, it's going to do well. And it was maybe two or three years later, the baseball franchise dried up after you know, like a century yeah. and more yeah. because of this hockey. So I can get the passion of some of yeah. that, but I guess it's the fighting. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the perceived, like the, the, the potential for violence, I think, is for kind sure. of what keeps people hanging on. And I'm respectful of like the training and everything. Mm -hmm. I look at both uh, like Hanley's kids, man, his son's a beast. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, I guess, a freshman now or maybe mm -hmm. a sophomore. You know, kid is an absolute animal. Uh, plays baseball, football, wrestling, mm -hmm. does all that. Uh, the daughter is killer at rugby and he's got them, you know, he's always going on about, you know, them and their training. They do lots of, uh, you know, CrossFit inspired stuff and everything. Those mm -hmm. kids are absolute animals mm -hmm. and I'm respectful of that. Yeah. The thing I guess I have the problem with is like going out to a bar and I'm trying to enjoy a pint and kind of relax yeah. and yeah. they're screaming at the dude in green uh, that on the TV, yeah, 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 and they're yelling back and forth at each other, and I'm like, going, oh, Jesus, yeah. man, I just, I don't get watching it. But I've, I'm a, you know, have gotten back into getting into NASCAR since MIS is here and going to see them mm -hmm. um, live, and I watch that. And I know people say, you know, oh, that's what dogs do when they go crazy; they just run around in circles. Well, but... you know, and, and if you watch these, and if you like, you know anything about these teams and like the drivers and the pit crews, like. These dudes are, they're athletes. They like, are. They're, they're legitimate athletes. Like the, the pit crews have like workout schedules, routines. Oh, like, for sure. And, and it's not just like, you know, it's, it's very similar to, you know, like football, where it's like you have plays and you have a job to do and like you have a position and for that job you have to be able to do X, Y, Z. And it's the same thing for these pit crews where these, they have to go in, they have to have a, a high level of, of athleticism. Uh, as far as the drivers go, I mean, dude, you're in, you're in a vehicle doing 200 miles an hour with a bunch of other vehicles doing the same thing. Inches it's it's 110 degrees yeah. inside that thing. You know, you have to, you know, if you've ever sit in a sauna before. Oh, for like, sure. You can just sit in a sauna, sitting still, and your heart rate increases, your breathing increases, like your body is working hard to regulate its temperature. So it's like you have to figure, like, there's somebody that's operating a, a what, an 800-horsepower vehicle. Yes. You know, amongst a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing, trying not to crash, trying to beat each other. So like, there's a lot of athleticism. And, and to what you were saying, like, I have a lot of respect for people who, like, like I don't love the sport. I love the stuff that's built around the sport. Like, you know, you watch, like, Remember the Titans, Varsity Blues, and, yes. like, these, these romanticized... You know, we are Marshall, like these romanticized movies. That we are Marshall, yes. That's Friday Night Lights. Yeah. It's like Build of Dreams. There's, yeah, yeah, I've watched it's, those. It's as not well. the yeah. sport, it's everything that's around the sport. It's, For it's sure. everything, it's the camaraderie, it's the sacrifices, it's, it's the dedication, the discipline, the work. It's, it's everything that's not the game. Yes. You know, that I, that I really respect and can appreciate. But yeah, it's people you know, getting into fistfights because of a college team or a football For team sure. that represents their region. Like it's kind of, it's not kind of, it's absolutely fucking silly. Yeah. It's I, just, I don't stuff. get, 
the sports ball and ex- understand ex- how extremely yeah it's popular it, it's it is. it's really it's all you know it's the same thing as people getting upset about their their elected officials or their politicians and oh yeah one's better than the other and, and you know. i eagle had sent me this video which i found very interesting it's these group of guys that are football players and they interview people in other sports genres and they had interviewed like uh rowdy kyle bush and then dale jr and they're like you know i mean you guys aren't athletes you know the ones guys like i don't get it well they took them out and had them go through what their pit crew does they were yeah. they were jacking it up and i mean some of these guys are huge guys but their hand-eye coordination i mean they're yes, both yeah, skillful yeah. but they are jacking this up so much and can't do it and yep. then seeing what these pit crews do and then they took them for rides around the track and i think they're maybe hitting like 150 and they're getting out going all right i believe I yeah, believe, you know, yeah. there was, I think there was yeah. one of them that was like, let's do it again and go faster. But the other ones were like, yeah, this is insane. So they get, so yes, there is that part of it. And, uh, and being good at your craft. And I get that with these, you know, with the football players and everything, but Absolutely. I just can't, uh, you know, as, as I get as boring as NASCAR would be to some people, I do mm-hmm. kind of get excited about that. Sure. But I just have a hard time watching a footballer. Yeah. Baseball same, I'm the same way. You know, so. So um, we're gonna kind of wrap up. Where can um, everybody that's you know taking the time to listen so far or watch so far? Where can they find Bomber? Uh, I do have a Facebook page. You know, I loathe Facebook. I know we've talked about this. I use it mainly for marketplace, but Facebook is the best for me doing the okay. events for cruise ins, the car show. The event part of Facebook is is great, and that's I do a little post of sharing. Uh, you know, I love YouTube but I'm still figuring out what works and what doesn't work on YouTube. I enjoy that a lot. Um, But Instagram is where I mainly. So what is your, so what's your YouTube channel? Oliver Bomber Bash, or excuse me, Bomber Bash for uh, YouTube. The Instagram is bombers underscore garage. Um, And I'm way more active on there. And I like that, the only thing I don't like about Instagram, it's become TikTok. Yeah. I wished it would go back to where it wasn't reels and it was just yeah. pictures of makers, photographers, and sure. more. Yeah, yeah. It's become something I don't care for, but mm-hmm. it's still the one I interact the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I have my uh, big cartel site where we sell apparel and, Great. So, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so I'll leave links in the description um, for you know for Instagram, YouTube, uh, website, so you can get the Bombers, Bombers Garage swag. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap up? I was going to say, man, I really appreciate you coming out here, taking the time to drive uh, even further up north than you are oh, to come I, and I like it up <laughs> to here. come and hang out with me. I like it up here. And man, I just want to say, I um, watched the other day. I had some driving to do. Excuse me, I listened <laughs> yeah. uh, to you interviewing Brian, and I do. I miss that guy, but I appreciate listening to y'all talk and you sharing what he does and you kind of getting into seeing what you're the things that your community is doing i look forward to seeing who else you interview and have on there and i like man brian is such a good dude and he much like he has his heart in yeah to what he does and i know that we all want to you know i know this helps with marketing and getting out there and then telling the stories but i know you're like me you appreciate the stories behind stuff too and then tying that in with the community it was great to hear y'all and to see that dude i haven't seen him since i moved up here Mm. uh and just him sharing what he's doing what he's got going on that you actually participated in it yeah uh and you know listening to y'all talk and how uh you know just his passion for doing that man that dude's been doing this a long time time. this isn't new to him at all not not Um, remotely new 
And I appreciate you, you know, you coming up here. And I know this isn't exactly the genre of oh, no, what this is your perfect. people do, but no, this is this is perfect. Like, and so, you know, the the point of the point of me wanting to start a podcast, and obviously, make like everybody has a podcast now. It's easy to do, easy to do. Um, but it's to connect with people in the community for sure. Um, and the the Good Works community to me is is far and away the the best aspect of my business. Yes. Um, you know, having interactions and, and building friendships with people that are in the community has been, you know, incredibly rewarding. Um, and, and I, yeah, like I need to make money and I need to pay bills. And I, I definitely, I want to make money. Like for I, sure. I want to, I want to be like, I want to not have to ever worry about money again. Like, yes. you know, and I want to build the business to that point. However, um, it's still really important to me that this community and this business is, is of service. Yes. to the community too and where it's not where it's not like you know not just for the money yes it's a business yes it's for money for sure but at the same time you know i really want to maintain the integrity of the business mm -hmm. and maintain the community uh, and it feels like it's uh, you know it's a it's growing um and you know of course there's like different layers of, of people and closeness and connectivity um, but i think that it's a pretty you know, it feels it feels tight knit, especially yes. with certain with certain people. And it's a representation of your values yeah. and what you value as far as your the community and what y'all want to do. And and that's you know you you kind of realize the as you get older um, and as you like when you embark on something like a business or a hobby, like if you're a creative, if you're a photographer, an artist, um, anything like that, where there's a lot of opinion based, yes. um, you realize that you know, after taking licks, which you do, that you just have to stick to what you want to do. Because sure. no matter what, if you start to kowtow and you, if you start to do things for other people, you're getting further away from what you want to do mm -hmm. and you're still going to take the abuse for it. So it's like you may as well just stick to what you what you believe and like your values and, 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 and really instill that. So um, it's, you know, starting the podcast is, is a way for me to connect with people um, that are in the community and kind of like share what they're doing. So like, for sure. and I don't want, I don't have like a specific aim or angle for this. Yes. It's it's just a matter of like, hey, we're buddies, we're friends, we're connected to the community, let's talk. Like I wanna learn more about you. I wanna hear like what you do, like what you're interested in and like, you know, what, you know, who you are as a person like that's operating within this community. Yes. So it, it really doesn't have to, like I'm not working on pushing an agenda. I'm not working on any of that. It's just, it's just a way to, connect and showcase people in the community just to just to show it and like for, for the sake of it and as far as brian goes and uh, hdt goes uh, i really respect brian um i i really respect how he runs his business yeah um i think he is uh, a guy that's got a lot of integrity um, and i know that he has been um taken advantage of i know that he has been uh there have been instances where um, it's been pretty in obvious and intentional where they've tried to quash him mm -hmm. and that he, you know, he's, Brian is still doing his thing, staying true to himself and his community. Um, so having him, um, you know, on that was really important to me. And two, like doing his events, like I, I love what he's doing with his events. Um, I kind of, I've kind of been pushing him toward the team, the team-based stuff, because a lot of for it sure. is individual, and I think that a lot of people are looking for that team stuff still. Um, but they're there's something they're a little apprehensive about it because it's something different. Oh, for sure. Um, so like that was that was an important thing to me is to help like showcase that. So hopefully, you know, we're we're just going to keep going with the podcast. I got a couple more people that um, that are in the community that I'm gonna 
um, be talking to. So like if anybody wants to talk on the podcast, like just holler and we'll, we'll figure that out. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? I think that's about it, man. Just, I really appreciate spending this time yeah. with you and hanging Likewise. out and yeah, it's been checking long. out the place for sure. When is the next uh, caffeine and cruising? That will be the last Saturday of this month uh, in Essexville, Michigan. And then I believe it's the 20th. We have an ugly truck show, ugly truck which I show. think I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, which they, is, they that's our only evening uh, okay. event. Everything else is awesome. during the daylight hours. So. All right. Well, thank you for watching or listening. Um, and it's been you know a little while and thank you for not minding the little recording mishap <laughs> um true true to true to form um if you have any questions send me a dm i'm going to link all the bomber stuff below or in the description uh, if you have any questions send a dm if you want to talk to me send a dm if you want to talk to bomber send nudes and dms <laughs> um full frontal male nudity is preferred mm. for bomber uh <laughs> my man <laughs> or men uh, <laughs> i like it Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for Thank you, bringing me into your shop and uh, let me, letting me uh, chat with you and giving me some of your time. Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank you guys.